Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And it's been a little while, so if you haven't heard our last show, please go back and maybe remind yourself because this is kind of going to be a continuation from that show it was supposed to be last month but I had some uh, I had some family issues and a death in the family so I needed to uh, be at home um, and take care of that before I could do this show so this show is well before we get to that I guess obviously my uh My co-host today is Tom Campbell, who I adore and have lots of fun with when we do our shows. And I know that everybody who does check out our shows has a lot of uh, interesting comments and stuff that we talk about. And because we ended on a little bit of a controversial topic, we decided that we would explore it a little bit further. And the topic that we looked at um, was around whether someone could get energy from someone's used clothing and we talked a little bit about um i guess it it, what it boils down to is that it has everything to do with our consciousness and the energy that we the power that we give it the power that we give our consciousness or the tools that we use um with regards to any type of energy work that we do Um, So we're going to discuss that and play with this a little bit. I know that it can be very controversial, and it kind of did with some of the uh, messages that we had about, you know, certain crystals or certain rocks having a lot of power. And then we talked to some of the people wanted to know about, you know, of course, in miracles and whether that was, you know, um, actually they some of the questions around that was whether it was actually even um, light. whether it was dark or or positive, which is interesting, um, but I believe that the bottom line is is it has more to do with the consciousness that we put into it, the power of the consciousness that we put into it, than the tools. And I mean, I do a lot of energy work, and so I know that it can work. But I also know that certain people, you know, don't let certain tools affect them or um you know where one person can say oh this works really really well another person could say eh, <laughs> it didn't really work for me so there's a lot of variables that happen but bottom line i believe that has everything to do with our consciousness and the power we put into it the tools as we will discuss are important there are a lot of people that can't get from a to b without a certain tool so let's just share about that. But welcome to the show, Tom. Always love to have you on. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to the show because I think it should be yeah. a very interesting one. This will be interesting. And the reason it gets controversial is that a lot of people have beliefs, yes. very strong beliefs centered around these ideas. And when you say something that is contrary to that belief, well, then that's very upsetting when somebody says something to you and it's contrary to what you believe to be true. And that's why people get excited about it. And I no doubt will say things today that will get almost everybody, you know, a, a, you know, a little crosswise with me because for, for, to, as a starter, I can say there really is no energy. Energy is a metaphor. So when we talk about the energy that you have in the clothes or the energy that's in the crystal or the energy that's in your home or you know, in the haunted house or wherever it is, <laughs> yes. there really is no energy. Energy is just a metaphor for something that we can 
sense or feel that changes something, something that has the ability to have an effect. That's what, that's what we call energy. And we call it energy because we don't know what else to call it. And if we just call it information, then that would be so abstract that nobody would really be able to deal with that conceptually. So we call it energy because that helps us um, deal with it in a way that makes sense to us. You, know, you have to, you have, to uh, have your conversations with terms that you understand and know and kind of have a sense for what they mean. And uh, right now, energy is one that all of us feel like, oh, I know what that is. You know, sometimes I have energy and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I can feel a difference and sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can make a difference and sometimes I can't. And all that has to do with energy. Well, that energy is just a metaphor. It really has nothing to do with anything but information. And your consciousness is information. It's an information system. Now, it's not just the information. It's also the processing, you know, and, and uh, you know, we are aware and we can do analysis and we think and we have beliefs, you know, all of the stuff uh, we do with our consciousness. So that's the core thing. You know, consciousness is the active ingredient and everything else is a tool or a metaphor. So that just stomped on a whole bunch of beliefs all across the spectrum here. <laughs> yes. But let's just go on. Now that I've you know, thrown that, that bomb under the tent, we can go on and see if I can't make that sound reasonable. Right. <laughs> oh, you want so, me? Yes, you go. <laughs> yes. So, you know, now, now where do we want to start with this? What's, what's, uh, what were some of the, the issues that we had last time that we want to well, start with? I mean, okay, so let's even look at my work. And I know we discussed it a little bit, um, but I do, okay, so I feel energy. And what you're saying is I feel information. And -hmm. sometimes the information is around blockages or is around fears. So I usually try and, I usually try and try and identify, you know, what the fear is, where the fear is, why the fear is. Um, and help the person sort of work with their fears. So that's one part of the feeling. But there are times when I can feel mm, negative other energies. And this isn't the show that we're going to really necessarily delve into that. But, you know, when I, where I would clear a house or someone's personal mm-hmm. energy field. And for some people, it works brilliantly. And for others, of course, it doesn't. And it's kind of the same with healing. Sometimes, you know, there's things that we can use that will assist people to heal. And so there's lots of tools. I mean, there's so many tools out there for people. And you've even mentioned yourself that, you know, you will look for dark spots or whatever and and shed light into it. So let's help people understand what it is that we're really doing and how it can or may not help someone. Okay. Well, let's just take healing. That's a real okay. good one because that's, you know, light workers, right? right. We're going to talk about light workers. We're going to use light and we're going to heal people. Right. And that is a real thing. That does work exactly the way it sounds like it works. You know, it, uh, you can heal people with your intent. And uh, what you're doing is that you are, first of all, you're getting information. First, you have to do the diagnosis. You want to kind of get an idea what's wrong, what's wrong with the person. So when you do a diagnosis, you have an intent to understand, quote, that means get some information about, right, uh, what's wrong with this person, what the problem is. Okay, so that intent goes out. We're, we're consciousness, and we're part of this larger consciousness system. And this larger consciousness system has a lot of information and data because we're in this virtual reality. So it knows everything we do, think, feel, you know, who we are, our history, who we were last lifetime and a time before that. All of that stuff, us in totality, is all there because it's a, this is a virtual reality. I'm kind of jumping into things to make, you know, but we've talked about these yes. things before. But it's a virtual reality. So here we are, and our bodies are really avatars. They're really digital figures. Our body is just like a Sims character. 
and playing the Sims. See, our consciousness is the real thing. That's who we really are. We're not our bodies. We're our consciousness. Our body is an avatar that we as a consciousness are playing. It's like if you were playing the Sims, you would be the consciousness for your Sims character. Your Sims character would just be a computed image on a screen. But that Sims character of yours won't do anything if you don't, you know, make the choice. You have to tell Sims character, stand up, walk to the left, walk to the right, you know, sit down, do a dance, uh, go over and talk to that person. And as you give it direction, as you make the choices, it will do that. You are its consciousness. Well, we are consciousness. We're not this body. You see, we're not the body. The body's like the Sims character. Our body is just uh, a um, avatar, a digital avatar. We get a data stream from consciousness, and we interpret that data as this reality, just like you get a data stream to your computer when you're playing The Sims, and that interprets The Sims reality. Works the same way. So now, if you have the idea that this reality is really information, you can see we want to find an illness in a Sims character. Okay, so that's kind of what we're doing. We as consciousness are going to look at an avatar to find the illness. Now, why would avatars have illness, right? They have illness because they exist according to a rule set. All virtual realities have rule sets. There are certain things your Sim character can do and certain things they can't. Okay, now the Sims was programmed. So it's not nearly to the detail as our reality. Our reality evolved. And there's any number of universities that evolve, you know, little virtual realities. You start with initial conditions, with a rule set of how things can interact, and then you just punch the run button and things start interacting. And that interaction then involve, evolves. So for us, that initial set of conditions was uh, a, a very a small ball of plasma under high temperature and high pressure. And when the run button was hit, it expanded. There we got our universe, right? Sounds like Big Bang Theory, right? We got our universe. Uh, we got our suns and stars and then planets and then life on planets. And here we are. So all of that evolved in a simulation. So our avatars are highly structured based on the evolution that started, you know, when this universe started, you know, with the Big Bang and the suns and the earth and the chemicals and then the, uh, you know, the inorganic chemicals, the organic chemicals, you know, cells and then the cells evolved to, you know, go from jellyfish to human beings eventually. And here we are. But this rule set is what defines how the, what these characters can do. Right. Our consciousness decides what they're going to do. We make choices for them. But the, their bodies, the avatar, sets the constraints on what we can do with that avatar. We as consciousness. So as a consciousness, I can't say, oh, I'm going to jump 100 feet in the air. <laughs> well, I may think that, and my consciousness may say that, but my avatar can't do that. <laughs> Because it hasn't evolved to have those kinds of, you know, attributes. I'm too heavy, too weak. You know, it just doesn't, uh, I'm not going to do that. I can't jump 100 feet in the air because the rule set doesn't allow it. Well, this rule set also is our biology. And our biology can get unhealthy. It can get unbalanced. It can get to where it doesn't work anymore. Okay, the rule set is... is um, well, it's rules. You know, it's, it's, it's very much deterministic in some ways, but it's got a lot of randomness in it as well. So that's how people get sick. Well, if this is a computer program, then everything about that sickness is known. I mean, everything about your Sims character, the computer knows because the computer has to send the data that defines that Sims character. So that's the way this is. So now here you are, want to get some information about why this person is sick. And you, that intent that goes out as consciousness, when you think a thought, that goes out into the consciousness system. So you say, why is this person? You intend it. You don't have to say it. But in your mind, what's going on here? What's the problem? And then you wait for something to come back. And it comes back. Now, it can come back in any form that you specify. So if it comes back to you as a feeling, oh, that's a bad feeling. That's a good feeling. That's a happy feeling. Oh, that's a scary feeling. Well, now that's, we call that energy. 
oh, we got bad vibes from that. Oh, I, I looked at that, you know, in there where that problem was, you have a problem in your stomach. And I got down to the stomach and I felt, oh, you know, it doesn't feel good down there. <laughs> you know, so that's the information back in terms of feeling. If you wanted to, you could say, give me a picture of a human body and show me what's wrong. I want to see it, just like if I cut it open, you know, what the problem was. And if you were really good at physiology and medicine, you could do that. Or you could get a graph that say, well, I have health on this axis and time on that axis. Let's see how their health will change as a function of time. I can diagnose, is this going to get worse or better? You see, all that information is available. But most people don't know that all that information is available, so they come up with little tool sets that work for them. It feels good. It doesn't feel good. It's bad energy. It's dark. When I look there, it's, all, it's dark, and I look at these other places you know, in the body, and it's light. Oh, the dark stuff is the bad stuff, the unhealthy stuff, and the light stuff is healthy. So we make up these tools, these metaphors. Dark is bad. Light is good. You see, we could make up an opposite metaphor. We could say light is the bad stuff. All that white stuff is awful, and that black stuff is really wonderful, and it would work just as well. It's our tool, our metaphor. So it doesn't matter, you see. It's not that white is good and black is bad. That's just a metaphor we use. It's, a, it's the metaphor that most people go to rather than the opposite because our culture is full of that. You know, the cowboys with black hats are the bad guys and the white hats are the good guys and so on. So we have that in our culture. So that's why we do that. And that tool helps us focus our intent on the information we want. Helps us focus our intent on what we want to do. So, okay, I do a, a diagnosis and I ask, I'm really asking the larger conscious system for data, for information. What's wrong? I can get it in pictures. When I do this, I tend to deal in pictures. When I do healing, I'll have a uh, like a gingerbread man, kind of, you know, uh, humanoid shape, you know, head, neck, body, you know, legs, arms, hands, <laughs> that sort of thing, feet. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll let everything that's good and healthy be white and everything that isn't dark. I'll look for the dark spots. And you can zoom in or zoom out just like you can in any, you know, in any digital, uh, you know, video that you have. Anyway, so that's how you diagnose. You're asking for data on what the problem is, and you get that data. Okay, you may ask on, well, look at that individual over there. I wonder the, uh, their emotional state. Oh, that's data. You can get that back. Oh, I wonder what their spiritual quality state is. Oh, you can get that back. Oh, look at this house. I wonder if there's any really bad energy in here, you know, where the, where the ghosts who aren't nice live. And there'll be dark ghosts, and you can look around and say, oh, you know, I can really feel something, you know, off in this corner of the house. There's something really kind of, that's just getting information back, right. okay? It's getting information back from the system. And we do that, and when we, if we do it in pictures, we say that we are clairvoyant, okay? Mm -hmm. We see things. Well, you see auras. That means that your, your output format, the format you want the data in, is visual. So now you turn it into visual output and now you're, you know, you see auras around people. You see things. You see energy because we define this, this information we get in terms of energy. That's our metaphor. So yes, I see auras. I've seen auras for, I don't know, probably 40 years. And Yes, you can see them around all sorts of things. You can see them around power lines and trees and animals and people, and they change, and it's really interesting. But that's information that you're, that you're getting. First thing, you have to make the query. You wonder, well, I wonder what that energy field would look like as such and such with that person. And that's your connection to the data. You see, now, making connections to the larger conscious system to get data is something people practice at. Right. You know, you can get better at that and uh, get more accurate with it over time. So that's what's going on there. Uh, then you want to do something about that. Okay, I found that uh, all around that heart area, let's say there was a lot of black stuff in there, which means the heart was having trouble. So now I want to fix it. I have an intent to change that black into white. Now, white is a metaphor. See, now I'm a light worker. I get this white light I'm going to put on it, and I'm going to shine this white light on it until that black just goes away. What that is is a tool, it's a symbol, it's a set of symbols 
for me having an intent for that illness to get better, for that illness to go away, for that to heal, for it to get better. You see, that's my intent. And intent modifies future probability. So if I have an intent for the future to be a certain way, that modifies it. That The probability that it'll be that way goes up a little bit. Okay. Now, you can't always have everything you want. So if that, let's say that that person's heart is so bad, it's so diseased and so on, that there's, you know, the probability that they're just going to get better and everything will be fine is one in 100,000. Well, you can work on it and make that go from one in 100,000 to one in 100. Well, you've done a lot of work. You've really, you know, raised the probability of health there a whole lot from, you know, they're going to get well, one in 100,000 to they're going to get well, one in 100. But they're still probably not going to get well because one in 100 is probably, you know, not going to, you know, get you uh, where you want to go. So you don't always, you can't always do whatever you want because mm-hmm. the probabilities are different. How much ability you have to move, that probability is different. The focus you have, uh, your ability to clear your mind and have a clear focused intent and so on. So what we're doing when we actually change things, when you make that, you know, that uh, bad energy go away from that house or that person or that car or whatever, what you're doing is changing future probability with an intent. Okay? That's what's going on. And that's just the nature of consciousness. That's because we are consciousness. We're part of this larger consciousness system. We're in a virtual reality. And part of the feedback that we get in this virtual reality is that we get to modify the future with our intent. But, of course, there's a lot of other people doing that, too. So if I'm trying to use my intent to make things go left and you're trying to use your intent to make that same thing go right, well, there may be hundreds of people pushing and pulling on things all over. And it just goes however it goes, you know, a kind of a vector sum of all of those forces that are pushing on it. Well, some people can push harder than others, and some people push more consistently than others, and it all works out. So that's the nature of our reality. So it is information, and we can get this information in terms of feeling, or in terms of energy. My white light is a beam of white light that I send there. Okay? And that beam of white light is my metaphor how I get rid of the black. And that's because we humans have this idea because we, you know, we live in this virtual reality. Our, our, we think we are our avatars. That's a problem. We identify with our avatar. So we believe that if you don't do something, you can't change anything. So if I just say, black spot, go away. I just don't, you know, we just don't believe that'll work. But if I say, black spot, I'm going to shine this light on you until I burn you out of existence. Okay, now I'm doing something, therefore I can make a change, you see? So that gives me focus and an intent to do something where I can really focus on doing it. Whereas if I just say, black spot, go away, you know, we don't don't want this person to be sick. That doesn't give us any focused intent, you know, intensity on getting the job done because our belief system is, that's impossible. That can't work. You can't just wish it away. You can't throw a penny in a wishing well and make a wish and it comes true. Everybody knows that just doesn't work that way. So just wishing that the black spot would go away isn't going to work. We have to do something because that's our belief. Now, as it turns out, if you didn't have that belief that you had to do something, just saying go away would work just fine. If you could do that with sufficient intent and intensity to move the probability, you see. So... We all have tools, and different tools work better for different people because the tool has to be a symbol or a metaphor that means something to you, you see? So it means something to me that I shine this bright white like laser light on it, and it burns it up because I know about lasers. I know how they burn things up, you see? So that's a good tool for me. Somebody else who wasn't into lasers and burning things up like I am might take a little fairy wand and sprinkle fairy dust on it, and the fairy dust would come down and hit it, and all the black stuff would just disappear and go away. And that fairy wand would be a good tool for them, you see, where the laser, you know, and the white light just doesn't feel right to them. They just can't get into the power and the burning and that sort of thing, doesn't compute. But the fairy dust, that that works for them. 
So you can have all kinds of tools that will work real well for somebody and won't work at all for somebody else because they're symbols, they're metaphors, and you need a symbol. You need symbols and metaphors that mean something to you, that you relate to down at the bean level in a fundamental way. You relate to that metaphor. When you go clear a house, you have certain metaphors that you use, ways that you dispel it, things that you do. And those things you've developed because that's what means something to you. That's how you focus your intent on getting that done. Okay. So that's really what's going on as far as what it is, you know, how we get information and then the, uh, how we affect things, you know, with our intent. So we really have a lot of power as consciousness, but most of us don't develop it very well because most of our minds are scattered and, and, uh, you know, we can't focus very well and we can't focus very intently. And we tend to focus at the intellectual level. We think about it. Oh, I want that black spot to go away. Well, that won't do anything. <laughs> Focusing your intellect on the problem isn't going to have any, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't have any effect. It has a very light effect, very mi- minimal effect. You have to learn to focus from your being level. If you could focus from your intellect, throwing coins in a wishing well would work much more strongly than it does. But it's a very weak kind of an effect. You have to project that feeling at a being level. That's why people who do this sort of thing, if you're a light worker and you're changing black bad stuff into white good stuff, you don't do it while you're playing cards and uh, you know drinking beer. You don't do it while you, you have to get yourself in the right frame of mind. You have to get settled. You get in a meditation state. You clear everything else out of your mind. You let the intellect go away and you, you get right down at your being level and that's how you have to connect. It's that being level intent that makes things happen. So that's what's, you know, that's kind of what's going on. So we started there with, uh, you know, somebody uh, gets used clothes, you know, do they have icky energy on it from some icky person that might have worn those clothes? And if I put that on, am I going to get that icky energy all over me? You see, well, if you have an intent that something about those clothes could harm you, you see, if you think, well, I don't know about those clothes. You know, they came from someplace where all the people are icky and I don't know about that. If you have that fear, that issue, then that's an intent. That, that intent is, is you're putting out that vibe, if you like. We go into New Age talk. You know, we get, we, <laughs> you're putting out that energy. You know, we go into the metaphor of that kind of intent. And you're actually putting energy into the making that true. See, so if that's something that really, really bothers you, oh, if I put this on, I could get, you know, I could get cooties, I could get, you know, the heebie-jeebies and get sick and get ill, because that was a really horrible person that owned that. They were always deep, depressed, and you know, evil and so on, and I wouldn't want anything of theirs. And if it's something that you feel strongly about, well, then you'll put a lot more energy into it being true. And sure enough, you put on that jacket of that evil guy. And pretty soon you get a headache and you feel bad and you're grumpy and you you spat at people, you see, and that kind of thing, because you're creating that with your own intent. So then would say, well, yeah, you can get energy from people because I did it once. I put this guy's coat on and, you know, it really made me angry because that person was angry all the time. I must have picked it up from the coat. Well, the reason you had that experience is because of your own minds, your own consciousness is not really too much under your control. You see, your consciousness is jumping around with all the fears you have, making those fears come true, right? And uh, particularly people who think negatively most of the time. You know, these are the people who complain a lot, who can tell you "Eh," for hours and hours what's wrong with their life and how everybody doesn't treat them well and so on. Well, sure enough, they have a lot of issues. People don't treat them well. All that stuff seems to actually happen. You know, they're the ones whose dog goes out to play and gets run over by a truck. Uh-huh, things always happen to me. You know, it's that sort of thing. Well, they create that because that's where their intent is. That's where their mental energy is. So that's the way their reality is. And you also know people who are very positive all the time. doesn't matter. You know, they, whatever happens to them, even the bad stuff that happens to them, They find that silver lining in it, and they just learn their lesson and go on. And, you know, good things almost always happen to those people. They don't have 
these issues that come up all the time. You know, people aren't always breaking into their apartment and stealing things. You know, it just doesn't happen to them. So it's a mindset. And that same mindset can let you do all sorts of things. You can, you can get data on how somebody else is feeling, somebody else's emotional state, somebody else's spiritual state, uh, what they're thinking. You can actually get the words. You, know, you can communicate to them directly from mind to mind. The telepathic communication is an easy thing to do. We do it all the time. We just mostly don't do it on purpose, you know, but we, we do that thing all the, all the time and uh, you can get much better at doing that. So it's mind is really a very powerful thing. You are your consciousness. You are not your body. Your body is a digital creation in a computer that sets the constraints on what you can do with that body, with your mind. So the body's important. If somebody, you know, if you get in a car wreck and you get whiplash, well, now your consciousness has a constraint it didn't have before. Now you can't turn your head from side to side without a lot of pain. So that's just the way it is. And if you got a, if you broke your leg, well, now your consciousness can't have its avatar get up and run because its leg is broken. So you see, the body's important in that it sets the constraints on the consciousness. So that's kind of a general idea about this energy is really information. We, we uh, are not our bodies, but we can change those bodies because we can change the probability of what happens. They're just computed bodies. Right. See, they're just bodies that the, that the computer is computing, sending us in a data stream. So if our intent is that they get healthier, well, the computer can compute it healthier if it wants to. We change that probability, you see, of how that body will be. So it's, it's consciousness is the active ingredient. It's right. not um, the energy doesn't right. do it. The energy is not like the energy does anything. There is no energy. It's just virtual energy. Virtual energy means it's computed. It's an effect. Anything that has an effect we call energy. So it's not, it's not bad vibes or bad energy or whatever. We're just trading information around. And if we think, if we take that shirt and we know that some evil guy had had that shirt and he was depressed and committed suicide and we don't have any thoughts about how that's a horrible thing and we say, yeah, well, hey, it's a good jacket. Man, it's my lucky day. I get this really nice jacket. Yeah, that guy can't use it now. And you put it on and it never bothers you. And it doesn't make you angry. It doesn't upset you. You see, your life is great because you have this nice new jacket and it makes no difference to you who owned it before. So that doesn't bother you. So for that person... They say, what, energy in the clothes? Nonsense. Yeah, I got this guy's thing, you know, and he was awful, but it didn't make any difference to me. The jacket was fine. You know, smelled a little, so I aired it out. But, you know, other than that, it was fine. Whereas somebody who worries about it can have problems with it. And those problems are not their imagination. It's not that they just imagine their problems. This is not what I'm saying. They create the problems. It's not an imaginary thing. It's a real thing. They create the problems, and then they have to deal with those problems. And depending on how frightened they are of the possibilities of bad juju being on that, those clothes, Cooties. that will be the extent to which they will have problems. So if they're just a little bit worried about it, then they'll just have a little problem, maybe an itch. You know, if they're really, really worried about it, then they could have big problems from it. So... Somebody said that, uh, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And a lot of times that is the case. It's our own fear that creates the problems that then we have to deal with. And if we can get rid of that fear, well, our problems just go away. We stop creating them for ourselves. And, yes, we're in a multiplayer game, so everything is in us creating it. We have to interact with other people. But that just gives us opportunities to make good choices. And that's why we're here. So that's kind of a general idea about this energy, this energy thing, energy and information. Yeah, there really is no energy. You know, what's the energy in The Sims? Okay, a Sims character picks up a, a rock and throws it and it hits a window and breaks the window. Is that, is that energy? That, that Sims character has, you know, has a certain amount of kinetic energy in that rock that hits the glass and breaks it? Oh, it's not any energy. It's virtual energy. It's just energy that's computed. It's data that looks like energy. And that's what we have, the same sort of thing. And yes, if you stand on a railroad track and a train runs over you, it will smash you flat. 
Okay, this is a virtual reality, but those are consequences of the rule set. <laughs> We've got a rule set. So, you know, people say, well, if it's just a virtual world, then go stand on a railroad track. Well, they're missing the point. This virtual world has a rule set, and there are consequences to everything you do. That's why you're here, to deal with those consequences and make choices. And if your choice is to stand on a railroad track, then you get the consequences of that choice. Because the rule set says that when something big and heavy, going fast, hits you, it's going to hurt. You know, it's going to smush you if it's a train. And according to the rule set, that happens, and then that just makes constraints on the conscious that it can't play that character anymore. That character's now gone. It's going to have to find another character to play. So that's the, that's the nature of the reality live in. So hopefully that was understandable to some of your, your readers. But uh, all right. Yes. I'll toss it back to you. Okay. So I agree that that, that was brilliantly said. Now, what I, I get while you're talking about that is that there's going to be a lot of people that say, okay, so... In certain circumstances, are there things, because this whole creation thing, are there things that we choose to work through in this life where maybe the point is not to heal a physical thing, but to accept it and not have fear around it? Like, are there things that, well, one, just happen, which we know there are, <laughs> but I mean, are there certain things that we may choose to help us work through something because we all know of people that um, have done a lot of work and they did all this work and they did all this stuff and they, you know, were pioneers in certain um, healing modalities and then they still got sick and they still passed. <laughs> um, yeah. And And I wonder sometimes, you know, is it, the consciousness of these people, but is there some times where, I don't know if it's fate or destiny or if it's just part of our consciousness choosing certain experiences, but knowing that the choices that we need to make are that it's not about the fear, it's the acceptance of certain yes. things. Yes, yes, that's, that's true. There's a lot of things that way. Matter of fact, most things are probably that way. Right. Most of our illnesses, most of our problems, most of our... Uh, Issues, most of our struggling, most of our pain is self created, but it's also there for a reason. It's there, you know, to help teach us. You know, if, if what you're doing you know, seems to not work, then you need to change, you know, what you're doing. You need to do it differently. You need to be differently if what you are being doesn't work. So part of it is, is uh, we're in a schoolhouse to grow up, to learn, to make good choices. And stuff happens to us because of the rule set. Stuff just happens. And because of other people. You know, other right. people will do things to you. You know, you just, things will happen. You have to deal with them. And the way you deal with them will either give you more fear right. and more ego and more beliefs or it'll give you less. And if it gives you less, then you are evolving. You're growing up. If it gives you more... You're going backwards. So that's, that's true all the time. And many times when I've healed people, and I've learned through experience that some people aren't supposed to be healed. Some people need that illness. It's part of their growth and part of their growing up and learning to deal with things they have to deal with. And maybe they uh, are very good at slipping away from things they ought to deal with. You know, mm -hmm. Instead of dealing with them, they find some way to slip around them. And they're not learning much because all this stuff they have to deal with, all these lessons they have in life, they are getting around them and refusing to deal with them. Well, you can't refuse to deal with an illness, you see. That's right. one where the system's got you. So if that's where you are because now you've got this thing you have to deal with and you can't slip around it, then yeah. that's a good thing. And it doesn't matter whether that illness kills you or not. That's not the problem. The problem is learning something from it, you see. If that illness kills you in the process, but you learn something from it, well, you're ahead in the game. Next time you, you know, pick another avatar, you will be that much more evolved because you learned some things there from that illness. Uh, if you didn't learn anything from it and it kills you, oh, well, you get to try again next time, <laughs> you see. So it's, death isn't a big deal. Right. Death is not that big a deal. So the illness is really not that big a deal. If you're ill and you have problems, 
think, what can I learn from this? You know, what can I get out of this? So you take, what was his name? Steve Reeves, Superman. And he falls off a horse or something happens and he's paralyzed from the neck down. So there's this big healthy guy who's buff and athletic and all these things and looks like Superman. And now he's paralyzed from the neck down. All right, well, that's an opportunity. You see, he can accept that and say, well, this is the way it is now. I'm paralyzed in a bed and I can't move anything but my eyelids. You know, all I can do is blink maybe and talk and that's it. Well, what am I going to do with that? Now he has choices. One choice is to devolve into self-pity. Oh, why me? Woe is me. I had such a great life. Now look at this. This is so bad. You know, why do things always, you know, you could go down into self-pity route, but that would be going backwards. Or he could say, well, what can I learn from this? You know, how do I accept this? How do I deal with it? And meet it head on, deal with it with love and caring. And, okay, he didn't live a whole lot longer. He only lived maybe four or five years later. But because when you're paralyzed, sometimes what kills you is just you can't clear your throat. You know, you can't, you can't do simple things that we all take for granted. But in any case, he did learn a lot from it as you recall from that story he he accepted it and went with it and uh, i'm sure he had some great learning moments because of that and his next start he's way ahead of where he would have been otherwise so that oh no what a tragedy turned out to be a really good thing for him in his next existence he started out way ahead of where he would have been otherwise if he hadn't had that accident so you have to look at things from a bigger picture viewpoint, not just what we're here to do is have as much fun as possible, you know, see how much beer we can drink, uh, you know, how much sex we can have, how big a house we can live in, how many cars we have, you know, and that's it. You know, that's that's why we're here. That's not why we're here. We're here to grow up, to learn, to get rid of fear, you know, to become love. That's what we're doing here. And sometimes illness is part of that process. And we make ourselves ill by our negativity, by our fears. That's where a lot of illness comes from. And you have to deal with that illness. It kind of forces you to deal with that negativity. So it's, um, you know, everything's, everything's kind of mixed together. You don't have like an illness which is separate entirely from who you are. You know, that illness is part about you, about who you are. Now, sometimes it's just random. You grab hold of a grocery store cart and you push it and you didn't know it. But two minutes before that cart got put in that stack, you know, some child with a, you know, with a bad uh, respiratory infection, you know, was sitting in that little seat and, you know, wiping their nose and putting it all over the handles. And you go in and you get it. All right. Well, that might not be a life lesson. That may just be stuff happens. You know, some of it's just random, but still you get to deal with it. And how do you deal with it? With anger, with pity, oh, why me? Why did I get this cold now? Or you just accept it and go on and deal with it well. And, you know, so that's what life is all about. Right. I don't know where that went. But anyway, your, uh, your, your question about energy and, and is, heal, you know, is, or is it great to always heal somebody? Do you always trying to do that? No. A lot of times I'll find that it's just inappropriate to heal that person. Right. And, you know... The times that I have forced it, there are times when I got the message that, no, it's inappropriate. They really don't need to be healed. But because of the situation, I healed them anyway. You can force it if you have enough strength to change the probabilities. And you can force that healing. But you know what happens? Something comes back and takes its place very quickly. So... You know, there was one guy and he had stomach cancer, so he doesn't have stomach cancer anymore. But in six months, he got some incurable blood disease. It just, you know, it, it was his thing to have. And if you take it away, they'll put something back. So that's the, that's generally what happens when you, right. when you force it. But it's not good to force it. You're not, you know, you're not playing God that, you know, well, I can make things be any way I want them. See, I can heal you and I can make you sick and I can do all this stuff with my mind because I'm important. That's all just ego. And that is not the way to go about it. You have to let people be whoever they are, however they are, and deal with their own stuff. 
because that's what they need to do. But you can talk to them. You can give them hints. You can say, well, you know, here's another way to look at that. But you can't tell them what to do or how to do it. You just have to let them do it. And if what they do is self-destructive, well, that's just on their path of learning. You have to accept that. And that's hard to do when you have somebody you really care for, you know, your, your spouse, your child, you know, your parent, and you see them doing things that's self-destructive and you know it, but you've pointed it out, you've done what you can do, and that doesn't work. It just makes them angrier. You just got to accept it and say, that's the path they're on. And I will interact with them as positively as I can. I won't let that negativity suck me in and be negative too. And then you're doing as best you can do. You have to let them be who they are. Right. Let them learn what they have to learn or not. You know, it's not your thing to fix other people. Right. It's your thing to care about other people, not fix them. And you accept them however they are. And that becomes problematic in some cases, but... <laughs> But that's because that's our issue, right? That's but right. <laughs> that's your ego. That's yes. why that gets problematic because of your yes. own fear and ego right. and beliefs. Yeah, if you didn't have that fear and ego and beliefs, it would be easy to do that. But because you do, then it's uh, difficult for some people to uh, be nice to somebody who's passing out pain and misery. Right. So let's go into the area of how much power we give things or people um, and like, are there certain people that, well, usually we get attracted to certain things that may assist us because that may be part of the larger consciousness system, may be guiding us towards certain people or certain modalities, um, a certain way of thinking that may be different so that you're, so that you're always sort of learning and growing. Um, but I mean, there are people that, you know, I can talk to and I go, I'll know right away whether I can, whether I can help them or not. And I'm, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, I can help you. And, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. It's like, well, I don't, I don't see you actually, I mean, I may not say this <laughs> to them, but I don't see them wanting to change. Like I, they, they may want to give money away to something, but they don't actually they don't actually want to grow their consciousness or they don't actually want to shift their own consciousness. And I mean, I can't do that for them. So I, I know that there's that aspect of that, or, you know, maybe there's something around the trust. I don't know what it is, but there's usually, um, like if you don't trust a person that may have the perfect modality for you, it's not likely going to work. But so there's there's a whole bunch of variables that kind of come into sure. play when you're working with somebody or when you're dealing with somebody. And then there's all the different types of tools out there, whether you, you know, resonate in a certain place or whether it's, you know, you've done a lot of research in a certain area. So this is kind of like there's a lot of people, you know, that are into the more sciencey stuff. So they want to know all the science background to all of the things that you kind of do. And then there's other people that just sort of trust, but then you can sort of feel underlying that they don't trust. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of different things that kind of come into play right. when we're looking at our fears or when we're looking at helping, working sure. with someone, whether we're helping them or just helping them help themselves. Sure. So you're helping somebody uh, do anything. You, it's not something you can impose on somebody else. Right. All you can do is change the probability some and give them a, a, an opportunity to do something differently. Right. You can't force them to do something differently or think or, or see anything differently. You can't force anybody really to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> All you can do is hold out a, an opportunity. And if you hold out that opportunity and they don't reach out and take it, well, it's just not going to work. You know, and everybody is able to gather information from the system, everybody is able to change things with their intent. So if you go to somebody's house and they say, oh, my house just feels awful. Every time I go in this room, I feel sad. I can just feel this dun, dun, dun kind of vibe in there that doesn't feel good. Can you help me with that? Well, if they really would like that to go away and they really, you know, and they got you because you're an expert and you do that, 
and they're really positive about the outcome, it'll probably be a positive outcome. But if they are not, if maybe that room like that is something that's a value to them, you know, it's something for them to complain about. It's something for them to, to, uh, to focus their fears on. Instead of focusing on other things that are harder for them to deal with, they can start focusing on this room that has nothing to do with them, you see. And, uh, yeah, I'm not having all this problem because it's me. It's just damn room in my house is why I'm having all these problems, you see. That room may be valuable to them, and they don't actually really want you to get rid of it. They just want to tr- look like they're trying to get rid of it because right. that would be the rational thing that you should look like you're doing, but they don't really want to because it fits nicely into their life. It's something to talk about when the neighbors come over exactly. and whatever. Then it won't work, you see. It's not going to work because even if you, even if you relieve that symptom, you see, when you see that dark energy in that house, you're seeing not something... Most of the time, you know, there's all sorts, <laughs> almost anything can happen. But most of the time, what you're seeing is a collection of thought energy, metaphor, okay, that's been accumulated or put there, you see. But it's still just information. Right. It's just information about that, that room, that spot, that house, that whatever. The information's there. You see, it's not really there's this big blobby monster, you know, that's going to do something horrible there. But there's information there. Now, that information is connected to the people who are there, who interact with it, the fear that they have when they interact with it, um, the fear they might have that it's going to grow and get worse or whatever else. All of that stuff's part of it. And you come into it and you see their fear. Some of that darkness up there in that house is their own fear that you're looking at. See, that's them. That's their fear. So if you can't lead them to let that fear go, then that darkness is still going to be there after you leave or it's going to come back right after you leave. It'll just just come back, you see, because an awful lot of that darkness is their own fear. And if it was something else that's in the historical database, something, let's say something... uh, dramatic that happened there you see you know oh that's where you know the the mass murderer collected all the little children and you know went up there and killed them all you see in that room well now we have this historical knowledge of that you have hundreds of thousands of people who know that happened at that place you have that as a as a chunk of information you see and the people living in the house they've heard that story and they know that and all the neighbors do and all their friends do so all of that mental energy you see all of that awareness is making that thing stay up there yeah so you have you can go in and deal with that but see that thing really isn't a thing it's an accumulation of a lot of consciousness feeding that thing and putting it there and making it be there and you can get rid of it in the sense that okay all the neighbors and all the people that read the stories but that was a long time ago so that's kind of weak now it's mostly the fear of the people who are there and in the house and so on who heard the stories, even though it was a dec- you know, two decades ago. It's mostly their stuff now that's there, right. you see. <laughs> so that's the, that's the way that works. Now, if people come into that house and say, you know, and they have the attitude that nonsense, you know, that's just all nonsense. It's not like that at all. Well, they may feel a little whatever in that room, too, for a while, but eventually that attitude We'll change it. We'll make it go away because they stop feeding it. And if you stop feeding it, it will dissipate. So the stuff that hangs around is stuff that's being fed from somebody, typically the people nearby. Right. And that's or the history, you know, or whatever, you know, it it feeds it. So if you take the food away, it'll shrink and shrink and shrink and eventually go away. So people who just don't feed it because it doesn't make them frightened they don't pay any attention to it even if they do feel it they just eh, okay it's not going to hurt me you know whatever it is is just there and it can be there and i can be here you know it's like you know the animals that live in the woods you know we don't worry about them either they just live in the woods and we don't get excited about that so it's the same thing and eventually it'll just get less and less and less it'll go away on its own or they can bring you in and then you can do whatever you do which will clear it immediately out of people's minds out of the people around who are who are adding to it 
you will kind of clear that out of their, their mind and you'll say, all right, just take all this away. <laughs> but if nothing changes, they'll just put it all right back. Right. It'll just go back there. So you have to, you know, you have to work with people. It's not like you are an isolated, you know, you're not, you know, you're not the only person in this game that's doing stuff. Right. It's not like you're the only one that's taking black energy away. <laughs> there are other people piling black energy up there at the same time. Right. And, uh, you know, and you can, if they're piling it up faster than you can take it away, well, hell, then, you know, that's not going to work. So, yeah, it's you and everybody else on this planet you interact with. It's the sum total of all of that stuff is really what we have to deal with. You know, it's not just an even an illness. Somebody may get ill. And I just was telling you, well, that's maybe something they need to experience. But it might not even be them. It may be something their kids need to experience. It may be something, you know, their neighbors need to experience them getting ill. You know, it may be somebody else even. Might not even be their issue. But they're just the perfect choice to create a learning opportunity for somebody else. You see? So it's hard to say. We, We are not, you know, we don't live on an island by ourselves. We're interactive with everything. And when, you know, that person who's ill dies, it's not just a lesson for their children, you know, and their, or their mate. Oh, everybody who knew them gets some connection there. They, you know, there's some meaning in that. There's something, you know, everything we do affects everybody around us that we interact with. So we're a piece of this living thing that's going on and it's constantly changing. So, yes, there's lots of things that, will work one day and don't work the next because there's so many variables involved. Right. And you talk about somebody, had a, you know, if you have a crystal, some you know, big crystals, and wow, that's powerful. You know, every time I, you know, get up and love my crystal, you know, good things happen or I can feel the heat coming out of it when I touch it. Yes, all that stuff's real. And it's not that those aren't real things. It's not that those people are just have a wild imagination. <laughs> it's those people are getting that data and part of that data can be created from your own imagination. But it's still data, and you're still getting it. You know, we have to stop thinking of our imagination as something that isn't real. Right. Our, inf- our imagination creates information. Our reality is information. Information's information. It's all as real as any other. It's not like our imagination is some fake information. It's not. <laughs> It's as real as any information, and it can be a very powerful thing. And it can lead to, you know, bad energy in the corner of the house. You know, it can do all sorts of things. Imagination, and it's not that it's just, oh, that's just imagined energy. No. Now you have an information source, and it affects things, and it'll affect other people and whatever. Information is real. Whether we make it up out of our own mind or whether it comes from somebody else's mind or whether it comes directly from the larger consciousness system it's just information it all mixes together and then we interpret that result you see and we don't know there's no the the stuff that comes out of our the stuff that we create doesn't come with a little red tag that said oh this is what you created and, oh this is what the larger consciousness system sends you and this is what the guy across the street <laughs> is sending to you it doesn't have tags on it. It all just comes in together. It's all just as real as any other piece of information. And you get to deal with the whole mashup of all of that. And that's where we are. And that's why things don't seem to be repeatable sometimes. Experiments don't always happen the same way. Right. Um, that's why some, some things work. And what you, when you talk to people and you say, well, I can just tell that person is just not going to work out too well. You, what you're picking up on clues as to how their mind works. So you're dealing with them as consciousness and the choices they're going to make. And let's say you talk with them first for a half an hour and you find out that in what they say to you is that they blame everything that's wrong with them on somebody else. Everything that's wrong with them, they can tell you who it is that's doing that to them, you see. And in their own minds, they are just poor little innocent victims of everything else. Well, that's probably not somebody that you're going to be able to help right. unless you can get them to see that differently right. because they're in a rut and they're going to, you know, that's going to be their life. And you can explain to them every day from the intellect <laughs> that that's not healthy and that's not good and it won't make a bit of difference. Right. You have to get them to change the way they see the world right. and take responsibility for their own life. Then they can change it. Before that, 
eh, no changes are going to happen. So when you talk to people like that, you just kind of know, I'm not really going to do them any good <laughs> because you're not going to fix them. You have to help them fix themselves. And if they're not ready to fix themselves, there's nothing you can do about it. You've been listening to News for the Heart, and we've been getting to the heart of what matters. Check Tom out, and we'll be back next month. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.